Today's guest on the What Fuels You podcast is Rathna Sharad. Coming from a deep logistics background building cross-border solutions, Rathna started Runway to Street with her co-founder to solve the problem of international shipping for small to medium-sized business, enabling them to sell worldwide. They scaled the platform to more than 300 brands across more than 100 countries, and in doing so, realized the logistics was their biggest value add. This, combined with the pace of change they saw in cross-border e-commerce, led to the creation of FlavorCloud in 2017. FlavorCloud is a SaaS platform that any retailer or merchant can plug into and start shipping worldwide with the mission to power every international B2C e-commerce purchase. Welcome, Rathna. Thank you, Shauna. You're to be welcome. Here. I love the name Flavor Cloud. We have to. We're going to get into that. Okay. It's like I wouldn't even need to know what you do. I just like I want some of that. I want some of the Flavor <laughs> Cloud. Um, okay. So we're starting with Rapid Fire. It's given okay. that you're Miss Fashionista, who is your favorite designer? Right now, Stella McCartney. Yeah, I noticed that your coat is Stella McCartney. <laughs> yes. I have a Stella McCartney coat. It's my favorite. Well, she's uh, eco-friendly. That's why. Yeah, you love that. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite cuisine to cook? I love pasta, yeah. so Italian. Do so you make um, homemade pasta? Yes, I do. What? You have one of those vice. machines that you like crank? Mm, or hand, yeah. What? Yeah. I need to come eat some pasta with you. Yeah. Um, what kind of yoga do you practice? Hatha, primarily. Um, some Iyengar. But basically, you know, I've been doing yoga for almost 20 years. And um, I like... Um, Deep uh, poses and kind of holding it for mm-hmm. a long time, like 90 seconds. So. Yeah, the hatha. Yeah. Um, what is the beauty product that you most often recommend? Ooh. Um, Us girls need to. I love mascara. Yeah. Um, so I like um, Lancome. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, the one that's more classic, I think it's Definisils. Yeah, Definisils. I yeah. love that one. That one's probably the top-selling mascara. Maybe. It's yeah, just it's so one. natural, so yeah. I like that for every day. Yeah. Who is a female leader that you most admire? Um, right now, Katrina Lake. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. Stitch Fix. I mean, uh, she's she's a trailblazer. Yeah. And, um, she's, she's, just, a, she's got a great podcast on how I built this. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's yes, really good. Yes, I've actually, and I've seen a few of her interviews, and she's just Awesome. Yeah, she's super impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a favorite app? Favorite app? Right now it's Headspace. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's a really good. Do you do it religiously? Yeah. Uh, well, I try. Yeah. Yeah. I keep getting my reminders and then I hit delete. Yeah. Which is like not the point of it. Yeah. Um, okay, last two. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear? Um, not actually trying something, actually. I'm not uh, afraid of failing at all. Yeah. So fear of maybe missing out on an opportunity. Yeah. 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 And what was the last concert that you saw? Oh, my God. I don't know. So I know that your husband's ago. in a rock band. Yeah. Do you guys go know. hear music? Uh, Guns and Roses, maybe. No, actually, it was my nice. husband's concert. That was the last one. Yeah. Uh, it was in San Francisco. I would love that. So he plays in a little classic rock band and they play really great music i think are you a groupie <laughs> i am absolutely <laughs> i love it so let's get to you um i yeah. feel like i met you i don't even know maybe four years ago 
Yeah. I just remember you were a force, and I was originally drawn to you because you're stunning, and you were wearing some fabulous oh, outfit, and we started talking like the woman thing, you know, yes. like you're drawn to each other on that. And then I was blown away by um, learning more about you and more about Runway to Street, and I'm wearing my earrings. Oh, my God. That awesome. I got on Runway I to Street. It. I'm bummed that I didn't get more because, like, yeah. I get stopped on the streets. For you know, years. I feel bad about that all the time. It's just, like, all my favorite brands. Um, it was, you know, an easy way to purchase. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll talk about it so that our listeners yeah. can learn more about um, what you were doing. But tell us first about you. Um, <clears throat> where did you grow up? Uh, Chennai, so southern India, mm-hmm. um, by the coast. And what was it like? Like, I can't even, I've never been to India, so I can't picture it. Uh, well, it's uh, really hot <laughs> and humid, um, but it's a, it was a great city. Um, and, you know, I just had um, a wonderful time. Um, my grandparents lived close to us. Um, so, yeah, great memories all around. And you have siblings? Yeah, I have two uh, younger sisters, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, my dad um, and mom. Um, my dad worked in the Middle East uh, most of the time, so it was my mom that, that um, raised really you. raised us. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so um, and she actually she passed away in two thousand. So for me, everything kind of is about my mom. All my memories go back to that. Yeah, and what did your dad do? And do you remember kind of? some of the messages they gave you around um, kind of their values? Yeah. Um, so um, my dad, um, the earliest memory of my dad is really him building our first TV. So he um, he, was a, he was an engineer. Um, like electrical engineer? Uh, electronics Electronics. uh, and robotics. So he was into it. Um, He he worked um, on many different projects that were super exciting for radar and development, robotics. Um, And so, you know, early engineering influence in my life was uh, him just fixing everything uh, around the house, Mm -hmm. whether it was uh, mechanical stuff or electrical or electronic, you know, he just... And he showed you how to do it? Basically did that, yeah. And so he actually built our first TV, and I mean from scratch. That's amazing. So it was, you know, motherboards and, yeah, soldering. And, you know, I used to... uh, My earliest memory was I was three or four, and I remember picking out um, ICs um, so that he would just tell me, okay, look for ones that have, you know, pink, red, and blue line on it. And I'd find it and then just watch him solder it. And it worked. And it was great. And That's we actually amazing. used it for 10 years or so. And was it kind of a traditional upbringing as far as were they strict? And um, Not really. I mean, I had all the freedom that I wanted. Um, and, um, you know, I... I pretty much, um, they trusted me a lot, um, especially um, I was the good one of the oh, three. Your, girl, your sisters <laughs> so, are naughty. Yeah, they were. And so, you know, I always got my way. They always believed in me. They just um, told me I could do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, three girls. So that was, um, I'd always heard um Everybody around you would be like, "Oh my God, three girls!" I and mean, it wasn't a good thing. Definitely mm-hmm. not in India. Um, but um, my parents were always like, "You know, it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want to do." So, That's amazing. So you feel like a lot yeah. of your kind of female empowerment came from both parents. Yeah, absolutely. And and my mom was super creative. Um, she was she was um, 
unbelievable at anything creative, really. She did a lot of art. She, you know, um, I used to talk to her for hours about colors, you know. So I think I, I get a lot of that um, creative side from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I read that you originally kind of thought maybe you would be a fashion designer. Well, I wanted to get into design, not yeah. specifically fashion. It was mm-hmm. more product. I think I was really interested in architecture. Um, and then, um, you know, I ended up um, going to school for engineering. My science grades were great. And so my dad was hell-bent on mm-hmm. getting me uh, into engineering school. And um, you kind of did what your parents wanted you to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, like what you do. And so you, yeah. were, um, you studied engineering, and was that a predominantly male... Yes. Um, field. Yes. So you kind yes. of be like the one woman in the room? Well, there were like three of us, but yeah. Yeah. And so then um, what brought you to the U.S.? How did you end up here? So I um, actually came here to study. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, and then, uh, you know, I had all these admissions in schools Um and at the same time, I had a job offer. So I came here to study, but I ended up working. So I was one of those, um, you know, um, people that was deciding between a student visa and a, a H-1B. And I, de- I decided I should um, pay for my own education so I should get a job first. So that's yeah. how I got started. And then... Um, Where did you take a job? Uh, so this was Jefferson City, Missouri. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't really picture you there. Uh, no, I um, I just didn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it was a consulting gig, and I was a developer, um, and we were working on the state medical um, systems. And mm-hmm. is it, it the was, Emory Worldwide job? No, it was before that. Oh, okay. I, I I pretty much don't mention this because it was just like um, I wanted to get out of there yes. because there was nothing else to do but go to the gym all day every day. Yeah. Um, and um, all my friends were in um, San Francisco or New York, and then I was like, "Oh my God, I just need to get out of here." And um, then um, I, there was this great uh, role that came up. And it was in uh, Portland, Oregon, and people told me all these great things about Oregon and fall colors and everything. And I was like, okay, I, I'm, I could definitely do that. Mm-hmm. And your um, whole family's still at this time in India. Yes. So I I was here by myself. Um, yeah. Was that scary and, for you? Or did you know people? No, I always wanted to do it. And so that was a dream um, uh, to come here. And really the great jobs were here. So if you wanted to really um, do anything in computer science, this is where you came. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very much my plan. And I was excited. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Portland? I loved Portland, so mm-hmm. that's where I met my husband. Yes. And, How did you uh, meet? Uh, so we worked in the same uh, company, so he was also a consultant. Yeah. Uh, we were both uh, developers, um, and um, then we became housemates, mm-hmm. um, and then things changed. Yeah. And then you and then you fell in love and yeah. got married. Exactly. During, during this time, I was supposed to go back to school, but then I met my husband, and then I decided I'm just going to continue working, so I didn't go until 
Yeah, but you did go back to school, right? In well, that, through Microsoft, but yeah. that was much, much later. <laughs> much, much later that you yeah, went to school. Yeah. Um, and so in Portland, you were doing also development work? Yeah, so I started as a developer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Emory was um, a carrier. It was a supply chain and logistics company. Um, so I worked for Emory, Menlo, and then um, we got bought by UPS. So a couple years there. So I actually spent um, 10 years in supply chain logistics. Um, mm-hmm. Before it was even like a thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean transportation to me is extremely exciting. Um, it's, you know, shipping is the fabric of trade. And so I've always been fascinated by it. Um, I built a lot of the route optimization systems um, across North America, Asia and Europe. Um, I worked with customs organizations around the world. And it's it's exactly what we do today, but just from the other side. Right. Um, so it's always fascinating to me. And um, also, it's across ocean, air, trucking. It's constantly changing. Um, but it's also um, this massive uh, antiquated industry. So, right. Um, they haven't quite caught up on the yeah, technology. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so did you get recruited to Microsoft? That's how you came to Seattle? Um, so, yeah. Uh, actually, I decided to move to Seattle because my sister, um, who was um, – she went to school in Chicago and then um, – we decided we were just too far apart. It was hard to make time for family. And so we wanted to be in the same town. Um, she wanted to come work for Microsoft. And um, and so we decided, well, well, my husband and I, we were like, well, we can move to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, I looked at Amazon and Microsoft then. Those were my picks. Yeah. And then I ended up uh, taking um, the Microsoft role because it was something completely different from what I'd done before. Yeah. You were working um, in Bing ads? Yeah. So I was one of the founding members of the ad platform team um, at Microsoft, um, which was then called Ad Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was literally a tiny little startup. We were 12 um, in the um, engineering program management team. So I started there um, and then I was there. Um, and then I moved to product management mm-hmm. where um, I led the um, uh, advertiser product management right. team. Um, and so got to work with a lot of retailers, big and small there. Um, it was a fascinating world. Um, and, you know, that's how I got into e-commerce and online services. Yeah. So you kind of now, like fast forward, you're mm-hmm. merging really your Microsoft yeah. and Emory Worldwide experience and yeah. passion all yeah. into one thing. And so when you were at Microsoft, did you think kind of I have the entrepreneurial bug or could you see yourself being one of those Microsoft lifers? Um, so it's interesting because I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur, um, Not certainly not during the time I was working at Microsoft, but um, I just kept coming back to the problem I was having, which is, um, as you know, uh, I'm a shopaholic. I, um, I, um, you know, I'm constantly looking for all these uh, cool brands. And um, I love your sweater, by the way. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And so I used to travel a lot, even for work at Microsoft. Um, and, you know, my way of, uh, fi- you know, getting to know a place is um, certainly food, um, but also, you know, finding brands that are cool local. Cool little boutiques. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I was always finding these amazing pieces and then coming back and trying to buy them online. And it was such a horrendous experience, the shopping um, international because of custom. because of shipping, because of all of the challenges um, that come with um, trade and compliance, that um, it got me thinking about why my past life did not translate to a great um, consumer experience. Mm -hmm. And I could see that that, that's where it was going um, because B2C and specifically borderless commerce um, was where Mm-hmm. Um, everything was heading. Yeah. Um, and I was fascinated by how advertisers were finding consumers through ads, through our ad platform. And so I just felt like um, I that thought just kept coming back to me that I started doing um, business plans, kind of back of napkin kind of plans. And yeah. I was like, I couldn't get that out of my head. I just kept thinking. Well, there's that a problem I'm, that needed yeah. to be solved. And I just felt like I was best suited to solve that problem as well. Yeah. Um, and that's how you came up with um, Runway to Street. Yeah. And so what was that business model? Um, so we... Um, We then thought that SMBs, so small and medium-sized businesses, were the ones that were struggling with um, international uh, shipping and logistics. Um, So that's where we started. Um, Runway to Street was a marketplace that enabled these small and medium brands to sell internationally. Um, We scaled to over 300 brands across 100 countries. So these were, you know, so suppliers in 100 countries selling to 200. So it was um, really a a marketplace um, for these luxury brands across fashion, beauty, accessories. Um, And what we learned was that none of the existing logistics technologies really solved the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up building ground up the infrastructure, if you will, for cross-border commerce. Um, and that's what powered our marketplace. And um, during that time, so it was over four years, um, we saw that um, the the biggest value add we gave these brands was the logistics, um, but also that it's not just a small business problem. It's actually um, larger brands have much more significant issues with compliance and trade and uh, scale mm-hmm. uh, in terms of logistics. So uh, that's that combined with um, we started getting requests from larger brands who didn't want to be in the marketplace or belong in our marketplace, but wanted us to power their logistics So that's how we basically um, pivoted to Flavor Cloud. Um, How did you come up with that name? So Flavor Cloud was a name that um, we, uh, Cloud is easy, but um, Flavor, we wanted it to represent diversity and um, more than just shipping, more than just commerce. Oh yeah, Flavor. Uh, Yeah, it's just... um, Do you have a co-founder? Yes. So my um, co-founder, who's a CTO, Sherman uh, Soff, he used to be my developer at Bing Ads. So mm-hmm. we've been, um, you know, working together more than 10 years now. Oh, that's perfect. You can yeah. kind of like anticipate yeah. each other's thoughts and yeah. find each other's blind spots without talking about them. Yep. That makes it really nice. Mm-hmm. And so what is um, the current business model? How does Flavor Cloud yeah. make money? 
Yeah, so um, we make international shipping easy, affordable, and friction-free for merchants, retailers, marketplaces. Um, so essentially, think of us as like Stripe for international shipping. We mm -hmm. plug into shopping carts, and boom, they're able to ship worldwide. Um, and the way we make money is we take a commission on every shipment that moves through our platform. Oh, that's great. Okay. Mm -hmm. So does it also work? This might be not a great question, but I'm just now curious, like for wholesale businesses mm -hmm. to sell to the retailers? I guess it could. It could. Um, we get those requests all the time. So we essentially help um, e-commerce merchants mm -hmm. optimize their supply chain. So it's not just about the end consumer experience. So somebody going on the website, um, making a purchase, it could also be a business that's purchasing from them. Um, so certainly there are uh, pieces that are wholesale. Mm -hmm. And so if they, so it's on every shipment. So if they're sending a shipment of several SKUs at once, mm -hmm. you just get it the That's one right. time. Yeah. And so um, what is your current kind of A, um, dream client and mm -hmm. B, kind of what's between you and your next goal? Like what's keeping you up at night right now? Yeah. So um, our um, dream um, not so much client, but clients, um, is um, basically direct-to-consumer segment. Um, so all of these really amazing direct-to-consumer brands um, that are our sweet spot. So these are digitally native. You know, they started with e-commerce. Could it be something like a Warby Parker? A Warby Parker, an Allbirds, mm -hmm. a Everlane. Um, you know, all of these are just great examples of how they've scaled and, mm -hmm. and had that direct connection with their end consumer mm -hmm. and really have built... Um, uh, you know, their entire business on e-commerce, even though they may be looking at um, brick-and-mortar presence right now um, as a supplementary thing. Um, so all of these are great examples mm -hmm. of brands. So this helps to remove the obstacle for them of becoming an international yeah. brand. So, yeah. I, I mean, every brand needs to really think about being a global brand now. Um, because consumers, we are fi finding these brands on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. You know, you don't care if it's that Korean beauty product um, or Italian shoes you wanted now, thanks to Amazon. Um, you know, we just don't have patience. We we want expedited shipping. Mm -hmm. So all of that um, is driving these retailers to rethink um, their global shipping strategy. Mm -hmm. um, and really, even if you look at um, a traffic, um, like directional data, like a com score, um, 40 to 60% of any website's traffic today is international. So we're, Of U.S.-based companies or both uh, ways? Globally. Globally. Um, but even in the U.S., it's, it's um, right around 40%. And so the question becomes, how are you monetizing your existing traffic? But more importantly, um, you know, your global growth um, should be at least 40 to 60 percent. Um, one in three transactions today is cross-border. And it's growing twice as fast as regular e-commerce. So your the world timing, is becoming more connected. Pretty good. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Absolutely. And so, what are you losing sleep over right now as an entrepreneur and yeah, CEO? Um, I mean, for me, right now, um, we just got our uh, leadership team in place. So it's a very exciting time for us. Um, it's all about scale. Um, it's about um, the next year is going to be critical for us in terms of figuring out um, what 
does our um, you know, strategy look across channel? Um, channel for us is working with e-commerce platforms and third-party logistics providers, um, but also direct sales to these um direct-to-consumer brands, mm -hmm. um, and there's hundreds of thousands of them. We are a global platform, um, so it's really thinking across these two lines um, globally. And there are pockets around the world that we uh, really care about, so India, China, Middle East, Australia, EU, all really big um, cross-border markets. Mm -hmm. So um, that's really what I lose sleep over. Yeah, how you're going to... Mm -hmm. Well, it, it does. And we're sound a small like, team. <laughs> yeah, you are a small team. It does yeah. sound like. And so you've. Um, how have you funded the company so far? And what are your plans going forward? So we've raised uh, two point three million so far um, in VC um, and angel um, money, and um, we plan on doing a Series A next year. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what we're um, working towards. And how has that experience been for you as? Um, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but literally just like, how has it been as a woman? Oh, it's, it's super true? hard. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, um, you know, fundraising, um, especially the VC, the seed round that we did. Mm -hmm. um, it was really hard. Um, and it was a, uh, a huge learning curve for me because I'd never done VC before. Mm -hmm. And what, um, what kind of um, nuggets of knowledge would you mm -hmm. pass on to those who are going out for their first time to raise money? I think um, there were two things specifically that were my takeaways. One was, um, so first of all, geography. Being in Seattle, you know, starting to talk to VCs in the Bay Area or we have one VC who's from D.C., um, that's a real challenge. And so really running it like a, a sales process and, and managing your time so that you're there for two or three weeks and you're coordinating everything to happen at the same time, um, that was something I I had not anticipated, uh, the importance of that. Um, and I think that, um, you know, I'll do it differently this time. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second thing was um, really understanding um, who the leads are and, 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 you know, only working on that first, I think was my biggest takeaway. Cause right. I, How to partner I had a bunch of the right ones. Yeah. No, actually who leads the round, um, oh, really figuring yeah. that out first before, you know, kind of spending time on the rest of them that but would come into know, a loan. But if you don't know, then how do you know? Well, you ask questions. That's part of the mm -hmm. process. I think it's really treating it like a sales process and really uh, understanding who are the right VCs to go after, mm -hmm. um, making sure that those are, in my case, earlier it was seed, now it will be Series A, um, you know, understanding who the partners are in each one of those and mm -hmm. do they lead or not. So um, in general, the question would be, hey, do you lead on rounds? Yeah. And if so, yeah. would you want to talk to the other entrepreneurs to see what they've been like as partners and board members? Absolutely. Um, I, I think the first step for me is figuring out, you know, uh, who the leads are and then obviously um, hopefully bringing several of them along the uh, pipeline uh, at the same time and then um, you know talking to other entrepreneurs obviously yeah and how have you been you said you just put together kind of your killer I saw some of the bios and they're impressive mm -hmm. um, leadership team how have you gone about identifying and vetting mm -hmm. those people and how do you do that as it relates to kind of culture that you're trying to build yeah, I think, um, you know, so now we'd be 10 
um, with our um, sales and BD leader. Um, hopefully that'll happen within the next couple of weeks. Um, but it's all about culture right now. So it's really about looking at fit um, with me, the rest of the team, because um, mm -hmm. we're going to be working day in and day out. And, right. But how do you, and, you define know, it? Uh, for us, it's, um, you know, I, I look at three core things. Um, one is um, transparency. So a lot of what we do, even how we think about, um, you know, partnerships or pricing models, um, a lot of it is, I mean, you can call that integrity, but a lot of it is about transparency and how we communicate, how we do business, how we um, like to um, embody that. Uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, the second thing is um, it's not really about titles. I mean, everybody is... Uh, I am hiring uh, amazing folks who come with um, all kinds of uh, experience and expertise. Um, but it's really about team right now and goals that we're setting together mm -hmm. and going after them. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and it's ultimately, um, you know, the third and most important thing is... Um, you know, we always think about um, the customer. They're really the center of our universe and, and the product and how we go about uh, creating uh, our um, cross-border network um, and creating um, our APIs or apps or any of that is um, because we have that tight uh, feedback loop with our customers. Mm -hmm. And what um, what has been the proudest moment so far in the, in the course of running Flavor Cloud. Is there a, a customer client that you've gotten over the finish line that you're like, wow? Absolutely. It's, all, it's, it's always those for me. It's like customers saying, um, like yesterday, I got this review that said, um, you know, um, Flavor Cloud makes international shipping a breeze. And then um, I never thought I'd say this. Um, so that that was wonderful to hear. Oh, I'm sure. And how do you spend your days, day in and day out? Are you working constantly? Um, I think I'm pretty good with time management. Um, I've gotten better. Mm -hmm. um, I I definitely make time for um, family. I make time for things that I need to do every day outside of work. Mm -hmm. um, I get my seven hours of sleep, which I never used to before. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like it just makes me more productive. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I do yoga. I like to cook every day. So... Um, I think time management is one of those things that, um, as an entrepreneur, you really need to know what you're going to say no to and mm -hmm. how you keep focus um, on the things that you know that you need to do on a daily basis. That's most critical um, for current stage. Mm -hmm. um, and, and how and do I, you do that? Is there a system or a process? And have you ever had a coach? No, I've never had a coach. I think. Um, I don't know that I've had a system. I've just gotten better um, over time. Um, and um, I j prioritization has definitely been, um, it's one of my strengths. I think that's my PM skill, basically. Yeah. I always am curious when people are, especially for someone like you, who are like, okay, I'm an engineer. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of the biz dev. Yeah. I'm doing the fundraising. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the PM work. It's yeah. like, what is your ultimate um, kind of best use of your time right now as the CEO, as you've scaled and as you continue to scale? And also, when do you feel most in your flow? Yeah, I was doing 
all of those things. Um, you know, we were all product and engineering until like six months ago. Um, so, um, you know, definitely doing all of those pieces and, and that was not great um, because, you know, something's got to give. And during the time that I was doing fundraising, you still want to, you know, run the business, grow sales, all of that. Um, but now I have, you know, a fantastic um, VP of customer success and operations. So, you know, the day-to-day stuff, you know, is just off my plate. Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, we have um, – I just um, – uh, brought on board a chief product officer. That wasn't a role that I was looking to hire per se, not right now, but it's been unbelievable having Amy um, uh, Amy Morgan. She joined us um, uh, just two months ago. So it's been fantastic um, to have her come in and she's got a lot of the industry background. And so, um, you know, take that off my plate. So I can really focus on... Um, you know, building the business. Um, I, I talk to customers every single day. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm really in my, um, in my flow. Uh, I love it because um, ultimately what I do best is um, translation between, um, you know, industry needs and product. Yeah. Um, and so I love doing that. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to kick into a mode for fundraising. So I know that that's going to take up a lot of my time um, for pretty sure. soon. Um, so that's why, you know, having a person that's really running sales and BD is going to be the next area that I need to, you know, give to someone else. Yeah, that makes sense. And so doing all of this, I know that you said um, that you love to cook and mm-hmm. that you love to do yoga. Yeah. But how do you personally, um, I know that cooking and yoga are your two ways to unwind. Mm-hmm. But what about when you're just in the middle of work? Is there, do you ever just take a walk yeah I do um, how do you kind of um, let the stress out yeah I think sometimes you just have to step away Um, I like to just you know think about things Um, you know if there's a stressful situation and you pretty much run into something all the time. (laughs) You know, there's so many ups and downs even within in the same day. I'm sure. Um, Are you having a good day today? I am having a great day today. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy because when you're in a startup, you're just walking in and you're like, this was my plan and then it changes. Yeah. And And this is how I was feeling and then it changes. Yeah. In general, I'm even keel. It's very hard to get me too wound up or, um, you know, crazy high or low um but um certainly a startup does test your boundaries in a lot of different ways um so there have been times but in general i like to step away i like to think about it and then come back to it because um it gives you more room to just walk away yeah and then um if you still feel the same way then you deal with it yeah and do you have time to read for pleasure and yes um, i do so what are you reading right now? Um, I'm reading a book on climate change. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, your pleasure? <laughs> well, I read anything, actually. Do you read um, any business books? Uh, I do. Um, I don't know what I read the last time. Um, but sometimes you enjoy reading business books. Yeah. Does it come naturally to you to be um, the face of something and to lead others? Yeah, I think so. I've always done that in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So your friends from your childhood wouldn't be surprised to see you now. Like, hey, no. yeah, Rathna's running this company. I She's... probably was running all kinds of things, you know, you know, telling 
being a prefect, you know, yeah. organizing things, always doing something. Yeah. And do you um, have any creative outlets outside? Do you play any instruments? No. Just your husband? No, I just am I a groupie. Either. That's it. You get to be a groupie. And yeah. what about speaking languages? I read that you speak a ton. Is this no, true? No, no, it's just um, three. Three languages? Or four, maybe three and a half. That's a lot. Yeah. What languages do you speak? So um, my mother tongue is Telugu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I grew up in another state, um, Tamil Nadu, so I speak Tamil, uh, English. Um, and actually, I'm, I learned Hindi, so I guess four. Um, and then French in high school. So, yeah, I think four and a half. <laughs> That's a lot of languages. Yeah. Do your parents speak English at home, or are you speaking? Um, we mostly spoke English at home, although we did speak Tamil and Telugu as well. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with my grandparents, I spoke in Telugu. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with, um, you know, others um, on my dad's side, I spoke Tamil. Yeah. So, yeah. And is it, um, I know that we, we talked a little bit, the two of us, about kind of there's the Indian and Jewish, like, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you marry within your tribe and you, <laughs> but there's different levels within that. And a yeah. couple of my friends who are from India, um, they're from different places in India. And that seems like, a, a, like oh, you're from there. There's a yeah. whole thing around it. Yeah. So are you and your husband... We're, is, um, he, is he from India also? He is from India. Mm-hmm. Um, he is from the state that I grew up in, so Tamil Nadu. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother tongue is Tamil, uh, and mine is different. Yeah. But um, you know, I guess we're different states. But and is Indian. that bring is that like the equivalent of being raised different culturally or no? Not really. I Not mean, really. I, I grew up in the same city. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's actually, we're pretty similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And our experiences um, were very similar. So mm-hmm. I think there's more similarity than differences. And do you think that things have moved forward as far as um, the traditional headspace around women having the expectation that a woman would be kind of at home? Um, no. Within the Indian culture? I don't think it has. Um, or, you know, I, I've been so removed from it at right. least uh, more but than two decades. you've got cousins and friends and what's the general kind of sen- consensus on that? That's what bothers me every time I go back. I yeah. feel like, you know, if there was one thing um, that really bothered me, it was that. It bothered me then. It bothers me today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you're the just... outlier. It's not. It's it's the, like they're looking at you like you're working and you don't have ten five not kids. S- and... Not so much in terms of work. I think people do get to work, um, but in terms of you know you see it every day. Education, mm-hmm. um, having the resources, you know, um, between a son and a daughter. You see the differences still um, to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much in, certainly not my family, my husband's family were, um, a lot more progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do see that, uh, around you. Um, mm-hmm. you do see a lot of biases. Um, yeah. and do you feel a responsibility as a woman and specifically as a woman from India uh, to, um, help propel future women and future kind of. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I care a lot about this. And so that's also why I think it bothers me a lot, because, you know, I like freedom in terms of, you know, I can, you know, drive the car at any time. I don't need um, somebody to escort me in the middle of the night. Um, But the reality is very different. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's everyday things. um, And um, that's that that's the hard part. And and 
I'm pretty helpless when I go there. I don't know that I can do anything to change it. You yeah. know, I felt like our generation would have completely, you know, changed things around, and it hasn't happened. Yeah. And how do you feel in Seattle? Um, well, it's definitely better here when you compare, you know, everything feels a lot better. But then, um, you know, I think um, then you look at uh, the funding that women founders are getting, the treatment that you, um, you know, you actually see it. You're able to... The numbers definitely tell the story for sure. Yeah, they do. And and really, you can see a difference even in the meetings in in terms of questions or who they think is the CEO of the company. For sure. Um, When you walk in with your co-founder, they're just assuming he's the the CEO. Yep. Yeah, I can see that. And um, it would be nice if five years from now we had a lot more women CEOs. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, um, more women um, should be starting companies. We should be on boards um, of, you know, larger companies. And funding women. Um, women, um, And there should be more diversity. Every founder, every uh, executive should be thinking about diversity um, because the numbers are not good. Yeah, the numbers are not good. Um, well, let's do it. I'm, mm-hmm. I, you and I talked about this. Like, what can we do to make the biggest impact, right? I, I mean, thinking about it, but you're actually doing it also. Because yeah. I know that you've got um, a lot of women executives in your company. Yeah, and I think about my diversity in terms of the team, but also cap table. Um, and, and really thinking about, you know, the next thing I want to do is get involved in, because we want, to have women writing checks. So, you know, how can I be part of um, a fund or other, you know, how can I fund other, um, you know, as an angel, maybe small checks, but mm-hmm. but really getting out there and, and creating uh, the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so what would you say ultimately, like the kind of legacy part, um, what fuels you? Yeah, I think we're... Um, it's really the mission. Um, you know, I um, I believe that shipping is the fabric of international trade, and we're in this extremely connected world. And, um, you know, I want to power, um, power brands um, to reach the consumers no matter where they are. Yeah. Um, I think that um, that is the legacy. That's amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. So people, if they want to find Flavor Cloud, it's just flavorcloud.com. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.